In the next moments, we like to go back and forth from the auditorium to the sanctuary. Three different people are going to share. I've asked Tom Vanderwell and the teachers from the other room if they would share a little bit of what this series has been like. What has the book of Acts been like for them, for us? And then we're going to transition to Kathy Turlau, who's our director of outreach. And we like, I've asked her to share with you, her, with all of us, the ways we have tried to live out this value of kingdom sending. And then I'm going to conclude by uh, trying to tie together the last three years, talking about the strategic plan entitled Thy Kingdom Come, which is ending today. So in the auditorium, would you please lead us? All right. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, real quick, could I just ask us to do something fun? Uh, could we get whoever's directing a wide shot, pullback wide shot of the, the auditorium here? Hey, everybody, could you just turn and look at the camera and wave at all of our friends? And the, Hello! I know there's a lot of you that have never been in the auditorium, maybe, so, yep. For those of you who are like going, what is going on? Um, we actually run services concurrently here at 3rd in two different rooms. And here in the auditorium, it's a little bit different atmosphere. And yet for the last year, we have done the same series that the sanctuary has done, the Book of Acts. And unlike the sanctuary where Kevin has been sort of the primary teacher through the Book of Acts, here in the auditorium, we've had 12 different teachers that have taught in the series. And we didn't pick that number, by the way. That's just the way it worked out. Um, and so I've pulled up three of the teachers from the series, Tim Herma and Phil DeBoof, Jenny Hesseltine, and myself. And we're just going to kind of talk about how Holy Spirit has led here in the auditorium. And I've given the teachers a, a couple of questions. And my first one is just, you know, as you think about overall, what are some of the themes that Holy Spirit brought out of the act series here in this room. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Phil. Thanks, Tom. Uh, I was just uh, noted in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where it said, uh, you receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses unto me, and lists all four of the places of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And just this whole theme throughout the book of here, near, and far, and how often... Uh, the way we went from here to there was through adversity, and that God brought the church all the way to Rome and all the way to Europe, oftentimes because of things that were negative in, in uh, the paradoxical view of what God was doing, and he was bringing his kingdom to different places. Okay. Tim, Jenny, you want to add to that? <laughs> My mic kind of steal the thunder of, the, of another question, That's so right. I'll I won't go too deep into it. I'll but improvise. It'll be good. I think actually one of the one of the major themes that came out for the auditorium family was just the way that we see our own culture, like as an example in the Book of Acts. That we see so many ways that there is. There's just a, a connection there. There's a way that history feels like it's repeating itself a little bit, and we can find ourselves in the story. And so I think um, that's a really broad theme, but I think, I think we're finding ourselves in it, and that that's been really powerful for a lot of people. Okay. And Tim? Uh, for me, it's real simple. I think there's a difference between knowing it and living it. And I think Acts is a good uh, chapter and book for us to really see that in application. I think this church and this community knows the Bible yep. better than most. Mm -hmm. But whether you actually know it and live it are two completely different things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did it, I mean, I think Kevin mentioned this in his message last week, but did it, any of you feel like I did when we started this year? It was like going, are you serious? An entire year on one book. And as a teacher, as part of that, what was your experience? Was it, 
was it as difficult as you thought, or how did, how did sticking in the same book for one year feel for you as a teacher? I was pumped, because it's one of my favorite books of the Bible, and I feel like in order to get the whole story, you've got to sit in it, and you've got to be in the whole story for an extended period of time. And so the thought of we can actually maybe take this from start to finish. Whereas sometimes, for me anyway, teaching in a series feels like, oh, it's just like a little taste of it, but it's, but I, but it's not the whole thing because yep. we're limited on time and, and number of weeks and things like that. And so I, I felt like for me as a teacher, that was exciting to think about. Like we you do know really that some people think you're weird it. for that. I totally know some people think I'm weird for that. <laughs> There's a lot and of us that are like, okay. oh my goodness, are that's you kidding okay. me? That's okay, I know. But it's good. It's good that some people had a different perspective. Anything else you want to say? Phil? And, and I did. I felt like, wow, how, how is this going to ha- happen? And now a year later, I'm thinking, are we have to finish already? <laughs> it's just been a, it's really pulled me in. I didn't really think like it felt like we were stuck in one book. I think there's so much that gets pulled into this. Yep. We were able to reference other, uh, other books that were written during the time of, the, yep. of Acts. And so it just didn't seem like we but, but sitting in that for that length of time really got you backgrounded all the time on Acts 1, verse 8. Right. Mm-hmm. And being different, one of the questions that, that I brought out is, you know, this, the auditorium is a little bit of a different atmosphere than the sanctuary. And I would see 12 teachers versus one teacher. Um, and some of you kind of either listen to, I know I listen always to the sanctuary service, and some of you actually attend both services or have. Um, was there a difference between what Holy Spirit was leading in the auditorium and what you felt Holy Spirit leading in the sanctuary? Or was there a commonality? What was your sense of that for those of you who have been in both rooms? Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, auditorium is a much smaller room than the sanctuary. <laughs> But, but I think that, that also, in the sanctuary, um, I really, I, I mentioned this to Kevin in an email I sent to him last week, I've really been excited to see how we've really deepened the message that we're, we're receiving and what we're hearing and what he's leading us in right now. We're not playing church anymore. And I, I think that I've seen in there some really great, uh, just questions, the words that Kevin used throughout the series really caused you to think about it. In here, it may be a little bit more intimate amongst us. I think there's a little bit more involvement, sometimes uh, welcome and sometimes not so much. But that, that's probably, but, but the two messages together really played nicely, if yeah. you were able to listen I was to them. I was amazed at how often like the teacher in the auditorium and the teacher in the sanctuary would take the message in two completely different directions, and yet there was so much, the Holy Spirit was kind of weaving thing, the same message in two different ways. Did you feel that too? Yes, and even the personality of the teachers, it made me think of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how their accounts of Christ's ministry were so different, yeah. but they all came to the same theme, and I thought that was really cool to see uh, Pastor Kevin in one room and, and one of us in another room uh, coming from completely different backgrounds. Yeah, and, I, and yeah, yeah, for those who don't know, actually the teacher Kevin and the auditorium teachers all met, uh, meet midweek uh, between Sundays and kind of compare notes on the messages. And it was amazing how many times we would just kind of shake our heads that, that we would, like the Holy Spirit would lift the same thing and in both rooms we said something that we, we had no idea was going to be said and both teachers said the same thing. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, last thing, and then we're going to turn it back to the, the sanctuary. So thinking about kind of where we've been and where we're going, um, what's your sense about what Acts has done in us as a, 
as a family here in the auditorium and where he's leading us? You have notes. Okay. <laughs> I do, first. don't I? <laughs> uh, I, I uh, kind of thought of it in a frame of past, present, and future, and how the book of Acts gave us the historical record, but this has given us the uh, present reality of the Holy Spirit. And we walked through some difficult times as a group. I was thinking of May 5, when Jenny opened the service here on a very somber note, but the Holy Spirit, as she uh, announced that uh, one of our own, Brian Jakubiak, had graduated to glory. Mm -hmm. And there was a presence of the Holy Spirit when Jenny opened that service that I've never felt before in my life and ever since. And it was the comfort of the Holy Spirit in reality in this room right now when we needed it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that, that was how I think that it was uh, the present reality of the Holy Spirit. It isn't just a story about what happened way back then, but it's happening now. So an old preacher I heard said one time, the book of Acts is the only uh, book in the New Testament that doesn't have an amen at the end. In other words, it's still being it's written. still going. Dot, dot, dot. I'm hopeful, as uh, people have responded to me and I've been talking with others, I'm hopeful that we as a church family will spend less time seeing the shortcomings and issues elsewhere. There's so much stuff going on right now. It's, it's, it makes us anxious. It makes us angry. It makes us scared. The news is all about making us scared today. And my hope is that we'll spend less time worrying about that and accepting and trusting the, the work of the Holy Spirit within us and then trusting that God and Jesus will use it the way it's supposed to be used. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would just say, probably say in conclusion too, as much as we've been inspired and found some really fresh insight and calling from Holy Spirit and where he's leading us, you know, there's also been some tough times. And there's been tough questions that we don't have answers for. Mm -hmm. And I know even in this season of grief that, that third family's going through and even some of the deaths we experience, you know, grappling with why did, why did God miraculously, uh, you know, set Peter free, but James got beheaded? Why did Stephen have to geek stone, but he brought Paul back from the dead? I mean, and, and just sitting in the tension of that, things don't always turn out the way we expect them to. Mm -hmm. And just, I think it's been good for us to grapple with that tension a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. Good. Thank you, all teachers. Kevin, I think we'll send it back to you. All right, I'm up next. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what we've done this year, what God has done among us during our focus on kingdom sending this year. And as Kevin asked me to partner with him this morning, I thought, okay, I can get my head around that. We can talk about the projects we've kind of tried to work on together and I can get some bullet points together and all that kind of thing. And then as I prayed about it more, what I felt like I was supposed to share was more about story. And my thought was, as a grandma, I was thinking about my, a grandma's brag book, right? You remember these? Okay, and in the old days, you used to have in your billfold, you had wallet-sized pictures, and you'd pull out this little thing, and you'd, and then you'd see all these great pictures, and the grandma would tell you, oh, look at all my kids, right? But it's not in a way to brag about us as a church family or us as God's people. It's not in a bragging way. We make picture books now and scrapbooks we did, all those things to document, to remind us of the life we're living together, 
to capture the moments that were spectacular, right? And so I just want to tell you about some of my pictures in our family, this special family picture book this morning of the snapshots that we've taken in our minds throughout this year. And so I want to think about, I want you to picture in your mind ways that we've been sent out, ways that God has moved among us, in us, in our community, in our faith family, ways that we've been changed as we served, as we grieved together, as we went out into the community. And I want you to think about the ways that the world is changing around us because of the ways that God is sending us out. We're a special family. As it says in Genesis 12, we've been blessed to be a blessing. And so we've been doing that this year. And so I want to celebrate with you so that God would get glory for the things that we're seeing among us. One of the first things that we did this year was have a sermon series uh, entitled Bless. And we talked about all the different letters in the word bless. And the first one is B. We begin with prayer. And we've been doing this. We've been doing this so many ways. L was for listen. Listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting. When is he giving us that nudge to listen to our neighbor? To ask more about what's happening in someone else's life. To love, to care. E is for eat. I like this one. We've been inviting people who are new to town or internationals to eat with us, to share over the scripture that Jenny talked about, to fellowship together in significant ways. Ask for serving and being sent. There are so many ways in our community that we have been sent to serve. And the final S was sharing our story and God's story. We're learning and growing and gaining confidence and how it is we have great conversations about the, how significant Jesus is in our lives. And we had boards out there and by the auditorium, and we all clipped ideas for different ways that we could bless people around us. And we, link, and we paid it forward at coffee shops, and we prayed for people in the grocery store, and we have uh, yeah, served in so many ways with significance this year. Another one of the things that we did was we had Kathy Haug share with us uh, an idea about mapping our spheres of influence. We took this little sheet, we put our name in the center circle, and then we thought about the groups of people where we have influence, places that we have an impact in our lives. And we filled out these maps and we thought about who is it that I can actually impact in my everyday life as I'm sent out every day at our schools, at our workplaces, uh, in our hobby groups that we do recreation with. Um, and we prayed for those. We began, began to pray for those people and how we could have significant interactions with those people. Another snapshot that I have in my grandma book is about our, our seasons of invitation to faith. So throughout the fall and then also at Easter, in children's ministries, student ministries, and here in the sanctuary and in the auditorium, we invited people to take next steps of faith. And more than 600 of us responded that we wanted to be intentional about taking that next step. What an awesome thing for us to be able to celebrate, right? Yes? yes. Are, you, are you awake? <laughs> yes. 
no matter where we are on that spectrum, there's always more. No matter whether we're questioning or asking more questions about God and exploring what that would look like to whether we've been uh, walking with him for quite a while, we can always keep asking for God to show us more, for us to know Jesus better. I want to encourage you to keep taking next steps, keep pursuing him, no matter where you are in that spectrum. And I want us as a family to encourage the other family members in this process. Another thing we we talked about and I've heard snapshots of throughout the season was uh, our equipping. So there were different things. You know, as a grandma, there are so many, and as parents, we celebrate new things that we learn, right? One of the first things with my new grandbabies is the boys are learning to giggle. This is cool. We celebrate when we walk, when they talk, when we learn how to ride a bike, when we learn how to read. There's so many things that we can learn throughout our journey. And we have been learning how to share our story of Jesus, how to witness better through our empowering sprints and classes, uh, how to have more natural spiritual conversations with the summer series. We've been doing group studies. We've been doing perspectives class where we're talking about God is a missionary God. He is doing powerful things across the globe. And he invites each of us to be a part of that mission, to be sent out as servant-hearted disciples. And then as I thought about, you know, when we do picture books, oftentimes it's like a vacation, right? Where are the places we have been? And he has sent us here, near, and far. He sent us here. When we look at our big maps that we had outside the auditorium and outside the sanctuary here, we encouraged you to put yellow dots for where you've been sent to bring light and life and hope. And we put those those on the map. We've been sent to the hospitals and schools and Vermeer and Palacorp and retail businesses and driving trucks on the road and moms in the parks and all over the place we've been sent. And then we had you take colored tape and show us where you have prayer walked through our our community to bring uh, God and the Holy Spirit's presence into our community. And the atmosphere is shifting. And I want to encourage you to keep praying and keep walking and keep covering here in prayer. And know we've been sent near in all kinds of organizations that we are serving and helping in. One of those places was the hospitality tent at Tulip Time. I happened to serve with some young uh, middle school boys, and they were awesome, I'm telling you what. Talk about hospitality, and they're like, take all the cookies you want. And I'm like, this is great. (laughs) This is about the best hospitality ever, right? So we've been doing this in the hospitality tent at Tulip Time, the transform where we go out and service surge in our communities and our surrounding areas and and help those in need who have projects. The Well, Acts, Bibles for Missions, Crossroads, Food Shelf, Bethany Christian Services, and I could go on and on. We're given opportunities to love and care for and serve some who are strangers, some who we know, some who are like us and some who are very different. Building bridges of relationship, just like Liz said in the Many Hands for Haiti video, to build relationships so that 
we can share the truth of the gospel. And then we've been sent far. So Chicago, Minneapolis, uh, Milwaukee, Alabama, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Honduras, Haiti, Uganda, to name a few. And as I look at the picture book and I see the memories of our year in kingdom sending, I see something. I see that we love Jesus more than we did at the start. And I see that there's more of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us. Love, joy, patience. And there's more of it there because we spend less time focusing on us and more time focusing on others. And I see a growing generosity as we share our time, talents, and resources. And we're making a difference for the kingdom. And all of us are invited to play a part from the six-year-old young man that I knew did a map and showed us um, who is in his spheres of influence and began to pray to the elder statesmen who are sitting at a coffee shop holding hands, praying for God to move among us, to students praying for healing in Mexico, to moms reaching out of the park, to somebody new to town who needed a friend, to grandmothers praying in neighborhoods where they know drugs are present. God is sending each of us out every day, living as sent ones, living as servant-hearted disciples with a passion for Jesus. Man, kids, keep up the great work. Let me try for a few moments to summarize where we've been the last three years. Can I invite you to open your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 13, page 1032. Thank you. And I'm going to look at three verses, four verses, and then I'm going to tie it together. The last three years in a relatively quick fashion. Luke chapter 13, verses 18 through 21. The title is The Parables of the Mustard Seed and the Yeast. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. Again, Jesus asked, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It's like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. People of God, these are the words of God. So here's my sentence from last week. The paradox is the kingdom of God is ever hiding in plain sight. So a mustard seed is a tiny, tiny, tiny little seed, and the tree would grow, most scholars think, to be at least 10 feet tall. It was of such size that birds could land in it. What's the point? What's the kingdom of God like? It's something that's very small, that's put in the ground, and over time, something begins to emerge, something quite large, actually. What's the kingdom of God like? It's a mother who's baking some food. And she puts a little bit of yeast into, a, into a, some kind of a, a meal, and then it just spreads all over. What's the point of Jesus' two parables around the question, what's the kingdom of God like? It's the sentence I used last week. The paradox is the kingdom of God is always hiding in plain sight. And so what I'd like to have you think about is the last three years. In 2017, our sentence was, thy kingdom come within. In 2018, it was, thy kingdom come in community. In 2000, 
20, 1920, it's been thy kingdom come in sending. Who would have thought all the things that have occurred these last three years would fill into thy kingdom come? Let me tell you where that phrase came from. Someone I know and respect a great deal is telling me this story about his praying for a child to be married. He prayed for this child for about a decade. And then it came time to be married, and the child brought the new spouse to be home. And the response of the man to me was, that is the answer to my prayer. And there have been some challenges in this relationship. And this man said to me, in light of those challenges, this is my prayer for my children. Kingdom come. Kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Our first year, we had the kingdom come within. In the course of the year, in both rooms, he did, I think, nine different series, but one in particular touched many. In fact, for a series of weeks, I received more emails, texts, calls, handwritten notes in that series than any other time, my 26 years. And the series was the 12 Steps. Why was it such a significant series? Dallas Willard, a famous author that I have great respect for, says the single most important series any church can teach every year is the 12 steps. What happened to us? The title, Thy Kingdom Come Within. Many of us began to feel free to acknowledge where we carry addictions. And all of a sudden, people started to be honest with, I'm addicted to porn, I'm addicted to drugs, I'm addicted to alcohol. I'm addicted to shopping. I'm addicted to lottery. And all of a sudden, people started to be vulnerable and open about the brokenness that they live with because we were saying together, the kingdom comes and is formed in us. Listen now, in our brokenness. And so in 2017, we had many people coming out of the closet, acknowledging hurt and pain and brokenness and addictions. And we could say to each other, I see Christ's kingdom being formed in you in the midst of the struggle. Just as an aside, last week in one of the services, a young woman came to see me. She gave me a big hug after the service. She said, I just want you to know, I am clean from meth for two years. Praise God for that. interesting story. So while she shared that with me, service ends. She goes to have communion over here with some friends. Another young person comes up to me and said, I've been battling opioid addictions. and My prescriptions run out. I get new drugs again on Friday. And I'm struggling because I really want to use all my drugs. What do you think I did? I walked over here <laughs> tapped the young woman on the shoulder who is clean from meth for, said, can I introduce you to a new friend? How does the kingdom get formed? I'm quoting from 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. The God of all comfort comforts us in our sorrows so that we can comfort other people with the same sorrows. The second year is thy kingdom come in community. As we designed this as a, as a church staff, we were thinking about all these wonderful, exciting, really fun ways to build kingdom community. And how was kingdom community formed? 
death, 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 no. Transition. Transition. And as a community of faith, we talked about thy kingdom come in community because we believe in the resurrection of the dead. And over and over and over again, the kingdom has been coming as we see, we believe. So I, I, I received, I don't know, I think I had close to 80, maybe 100 emails last week around one verse of scripture. John chapter 11, last week Sunday. I've been doing funerals for 26 years and seven months in this church. Last week Sunday, the light bulb went on. A whole bunch of people emailed me. I read from John chapter 11. Jesus said, and I'm quoting him, whoever believes in me will never, and the light bulb went on for people. Brothers and sisters, the kingdom comes and is formed within us. Listen now, you do not die. Because the kingdom is ever coming. It has come in Jesus it is present in Jesus, and it comes again as Jesus returns and makes all things right. And so one of the questions that we've been wrestling with together is, do we believe this? When young people get shot hunting, when young people drive, die of drug overdoses, when a young child dies in a pond, when senior saints struggle with diseases for many, many years and die painful deaths, do we believe that the kingdom comes and the kingdom is greater than all the pain, the loss that we live with? Do we believe in that which is to come? And I believe the answer has been and is, yes, we believe this. And this year we've been talking, thy kingdom come and sending. And it's been interesting to watch. I want to say thank you. I'm going to say thank you for a couple times for generosity. Here's the first one. Last, week at the, last year, the 150th anniversary, I can't remember the exact number. I think it was $100,000 were given. So this year, probably close to, is 400 people too many? They were sent out. Do you know that number, Kathy? Hundreds of people, hundreds of people have been empowered to go. And the stories that people report to us of how they are being changed by that which they are experiencing. The kingdom comes as we are sent. It's amazing to watch, to see. Now, notice the two parables that Jesus told. So the kingdom of God is something really, really small, and it begins to grow. The kingdom of God is like a little bit of yeast that changes the flavor, the kinds, the impact of food. Brothers and sisters, you need to hear this. And Tim Harriman alluded to it from the other room. What you hear in the media is often negative and pain-filled. It's intended to create response, viewership, Anger and fear. And I want to tell you again, I will, in the fall series, I'm going to give you a secular book. You listen, listen to this carefully. A secular book that says never in the history of humankind has so much good been happening throughout the world. Fewer people live in poverty in the world. More people have access to clean water in the world. More children are receiving education now in the world. More women are being freed from all kinds of ways of uh, dishonor and pain and sexism than ever before in human history. It is amazing. And we don't hear about it at all. And the kingdom of God is like a little mustard seed and it just keeps growing and it 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 gets bigger and bigger and bigger. 
And what you hear and what you see is so difficult. So listen to this now. The kingdom of God, here's the paradox. The kingdom of God is ever hiding in plain sight. Do you see it? Do we hear it? And this is one of the reasons we keep inviting us as a congregation to keep putting down deeper and deeper roots in Christ. Do you know the words of Jesus? Are you living in the goodness of the spirit of Jesus? Is the fruit of Jesus being released in your life? Are the gifts of Jesus being exhibited through us? Why? So that we start to believe this is real. Remember the sense? I went to a place to get a sandwich. I drove through a a drive-in window. And the person said to me, I've been haunted by this sentence that you've said over and over again. Here's the sentence. The mind will not believe what the heart does not obey. If we can say we believe in the resurrection, but if we don't live in the goodness of the resurrection, in the power of the Holy Spirit, watch what happens. We don't obey it. We don't believe it. We just get hard hearts and we just have calloused hearts. Last week's story. And we just think, well, you know, you get Jesus stuff and you know, I'm going to die. I've got to go to heaven, I hope. And Can I just tell you one more time? The goal of life is not to get to heaven. We are here to bring heaven to earth. We've prayed it every single Sunday for five years. Remind you again. Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on the earth. What's the insinuation? Through us as it is in heaven. One day Jesus comes back and they will be this incredible new heaven and new earth. New meaning completely renewed and destroyed, renewed and restored. And in that context, what is coming, we are beginning to experience now. And that's why the fruit of the Spirit. So imagine this, imagine this, imagine this. Someday, forever, forever with everyone, you will experience from everyone love and joy and peace. You will experience patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. You'll be safe and loved and known and blessed and honored by everyone. And we have the opportunity now to bring part of that to the culture now. Kathy said, near, here, near, and far. That's what we're about. We're about the kingdom. The kingdom comes within us and through us. Let me end with this. I want to say thank you and I'm going to be a little bit, um, I won't be as bold as the first service, but I'll be kind of bold. I want to say thank you for so many things and reasons. But a part of kingdom sending, which Kathy did not talk about, and which we've not really talked about in thy kingdom come, like bring the kingdom to earth, is connected to generosity. So can I just, I'm just going to give you the number. We just completed our audit this week. May I say thank you? Congregation, last year you gave and we distributed $1,255,000 to 90 different missions, missionaries, opportunities to serve Christ in his kingdom here, near, and far. And on top of that, 
We gave gifts to 40 other people, organizations, one-time gifts. You gave, your generosity led to 29% of all the monies that we received were sent out. Most megachurches give away less than 5%. Last year you gave 29. If you look at this year's budget, we want to give away a lot more. Why is that important? My prophetic hat here now. I've been reading books around rural churches and rural ministry. And you know, we're very mindful what happens in urban centers. But if you actually compare the numbers of the, the numbers of people battling addictions and poverty and brokenness, if you just look at the numbers, percentage-wise, there is more pain and brokenness and loss in rural areas than urban. And for whatever reason, this community and this church, us, have been uniquely blessed. So let me tell you what I think. One of the reasons we are uniquely blessed is because we are uniquely generous. But we're not that generous. Do you understand what a little town in Pella is doing across a region and across the country and across the world? Listen to this. The day we stop being generous, the heavenly spigot gets turned off. We are giving enormous resources of people, of time, of talent, and money so that, listen now, his kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to say thank you Thank you for your generosity. And may I push? Lane and I are going to give $10 more this year every week than we gave last year. And I didn't get a raise. But that's okay. Because I didn't want a raise. But what if we become a people who bring the kingdom by our generosity in hearts, in minds, in spirits, in bodies, in time, and talents, in pocketbooks? How does the kingdom get expressed? Do you understand the opportunities we have as a church family? Hello, the Lord's calling. <laughs> He's calling us to continue to be a missionary people. Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done. Here. As it's done in heaven. Amen. Lord, we invite you to come to lead us and guide us into the future that we might continue to be a people through whom your kingdom comes and in which your kingdom is expressed. So we ask for more of your Holy Spirit, more of your presence, more of your gifts, more of your fruit, that the world might know more of who you are, of what is coming one day when all things will be made right. Lord, we ask your blessing. We pray your favor and pray that we'd be people of the kingdom, in the kingdom, with the kingdom, for the kingdom. Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done 
in southeast Iowa, as it's done in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.